0: Nō mai haere mai, kua he This is a podcast hosted by Wakato Environment Centre or GoEco. Listen in each week to hear the aspirations and mahi of the GoEco Wakato team. We are a voice for the environment, a centre for learning and a catalyst for change. If you're looking to change the world through climate action, decolonisation or systemic change, this is the podcast for you. The Climate Action Hub, or Te Pū Manua O Te Waiheke, is a GoEco initiative that is working to draw together people to plan, build and unify for collective change. They hold an event on the last Friday of every month. You can get updates from Instagram, Climate Action Hub. Last week on the podcast, our Climate Action Hub organiser Hannah Hagen was joined by Benjamin Doyle of Napohi for the first of a two-part corridor on identifying as takatāpui and the intersection with climate action. We pick up on this week with the concept of tēnā rangatēra tanga and centering marginalised voices as we dream about potential futures. You can listen to our most recent episode by searching for He Pūna on your favourite podcast platform or you can find a link in the podcast tab at the top of the GoEko Wakato Facebook page. Benjamin is a master's student at Te Pua Wānanga Kiti Ao at Wakato University. Their Rangaho focuses on experiences and expression of sovereignty by rangatahi takatāpui, LGBTQI+, Māori youth, as part of delving into the intersection of the climate crisis, tino rangatiratanga and the rainbow community.
1: Tino rangatiratanga is a concept that has existed for a long time. Contemporary kaupapa Māori theorists often kind of utilise sovereignty or self-determination to describe tino rangatiratanga, which is a useful understanding it. But if we think about the kupu, obviously tino, being absolute, unrivaled, the most and rangatira and um, being the authority or chieftainship. Um, so tino tanga absolute chieftainship, sorry. So I think that if we understand tino tanga as um, self-determination um, in a contemporary context um, in our decolonization journey, um, as takatāpui, as Māori, as any any person that has experienced colonization or is affected by it Um, and that also actually includes descendants of colonizers obviously um i am also a descendant of colonizers as well as tangata whenua so uh, many of us live in a space which is uh treads both worlds um so tino rangatiratanga is really complex, but for takatāpui and for Māori to self-determine um, is really the central, pivotal goal um, of, of our decol projects, our decolonisation projects. So um, I think Linda Tuhiwai-Smith talks about um, her uh, Indigenous projects. So um, she has a list of them. I've got her just here, it's really good, go out and buy it everyone Um, if you could read one book your whole life this would be the one to read Um, and she's just released a third edition this year so get on it, anyway she has a model in there called the um, Indigenous Research um, Agenda and um, she talks about self-determination being approached from many angles. and self determination or tino rangatiratanga will look different in different contexts and um, um, so you may take a journey of healing to decolonize you may take a journey of mobilization to decolonize um, to self determine so um, yeah i think that it's really complicated and i can't i don't know i can't really answer what tino rangatiratanga is to everybody but i think to be self-determining to have authority over our own collective good, um, and that I think that's bigger than takatāpui itself. It's it's a um, tangata Māori um, idea and aspiration.
2: I love that um, that you've brought up the, the the that there's different ways to um, decolonise those sorts of things, and I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Māori to do everything like to learn the reo and to do the raranga and to karanga on the marae and do all the roles but actually like within te ao Māori um, you had a role and that's what you were good at so there was never any expectation to do all of those things and I think that's important to remember for Māori today is that um, the the process of decolonisation encompasses many things and um, there are different ways to do it and um, also that bringing up te tiriti or Waitangi and the mistranslations that occurred. There's another term that's not often discussed that was used in te or Waitangi that represents for me also that example of um, the, the different knowledge sources between Pākehā and Māori especially at the time is um, hokonga, um, so hoko meaning to buy or sell So the Hokunga being the act of buying or selling and they used it like as they wrote Te Kete Waitangi saying hokonga so that the queen could purchase Māori land but in Te Ao Māori if you contextualise it at the time there was no concept of being prominently alienated from your land. That was completely foreign to them yet that was what they were demanding without contextualising what it meant. So that's why it's so hard to um I mean, these the, to explain these kupu and what they mean because they need to be culturally um, contextualised. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the, the cultural locating of of uh, any term is really important, and so like having that or that worldview understanding or knowledge base about um, how and when those kupu and concepts are used is really important. Um, but I was just also thinking about how. Um, we also often talk about tino rangatiratanga um, and, and I think don't really consider it as um, simultaneously a collective thing and also an individual thing. I think that we're driven so much uh, to individualise ourselves in society and to um, you know, think about what's good for us as individuals and our immediate um, whanau. Um, but tino rangatiratanga collective self-determination as well and so um, there's definitely been or now um, in the context of um, COVID and um, vaccinations and um, tino rangatiratanga and sovereignty and freedom um, mm. and it's about culturally understanding those terms like tino rangatiratanga and understanding how that is applicable in a collective sense. So for takatāpui tino rangatiratanga isn't about um, freedom for one person to express our identity and live safely and freely. Teno Rangatiratanga is about a reclamation of an identity which has been stolen um, and abused up and outlawed and um, hidden, and, and many times it was hidden by our tupuna um, rightly so to protect it, um, but also uh, obviously it was eradicated in many, many instances as well. Um, Karl Mika who um, is a professor or a lecturer at, at Waikato University um, talks about um, sovereignty as a collective um, experience and that it's counterintuitive to individual sovereignty. So for Māori, um, our individual sovereignty is, is actually um, kind of superfluous to the collective good of sovereignty. And so for um, if if we're not all, all free, from the binary of colonisation, of um, this heteronormativity, then no one is free from it. Because when takatāpui gain tēnō rangatiratanga, or sovereignty, to identify and express freely, then so too do non takata people. Because when takatāpui are free to exist free, exist freely, so too are everyone else. That old... Um, kind of whakatauki, that we're not free, no one's free until we're all free, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that Tino Rangatiratanga, in this context for takatāpui, is about collective um, reclamation, it's about um, uh, amplifying, it's about rediscovering, it's about, like you said, land back, taonga back, um, language back, um, identity back. So Takatāpui is not new, Um, it's just about reclaiming what was uh, taken away.
2: Which gives some level of hope, doesn't it, that there is like often that there is a future that we can create um, with the framework of the past, like it is possible to live in a world that values and supports everyone to, to hold collective sovereignty as you mentioned and I think that we like so the climate crisis exacerbates um the systems that we operate, so the systems of oppression to lead to disproportionate outcomes, so there's like not only so someone can experience disability and that's a stigmatized trait, but you might have another stigmatized trait that interact or combine to make so and it's like uh, we talk some um, there's been focado around um like minorities being like uh, you have to reach a certain level to be prioritised to be focused on like by society so it's like okay we're going to focus on disabled peoples rather than that holistic approach of actually how do we cre- create and live in a society that is equitable for everyone and therefore is better for everyone because Pākehā also benefit from Tino-Rangatiratanga because through Tino-Rangatiratanga we won't have a climate crisis uh, that that's um yeah so thank you for sharing that um well, Ricardo, i think that's important i think
1: mm. that yeah for sure and i think that um what you're touching on is really important in terms of um we have to recognize our positionality in any given context right so um you talked about minority identity and a threshold needing to be reached mm-hmm. in order for um that group or that identity or that um, community reaches urgent or attention um, and I think that uh, in reality um, we can't we, we can't perceive um, mm, how am I trying to express this we can't separate out these um, intersecting Um, Issues, Because in reality, the climate crisis is larger than an individual group and also can't set thresholds to um, recognise urgency. Um, So, for example, um, when we recognise our positionality in any context, for example, you might be, um, in one context, a person who can offer really unique insight into a group of people who deserve... um, support and help but in another context you might not be the appropriate person to speak um you might not be the appropriate person to offer solutions in another context even though in another in that one context before your position was that you had um authority or um you had a uh position to speak from so i think yeah Yeah. does that make sense i don't know if i think i just spoke in a circle but um (laughs) what i'm trying to say is that if we recognise our positionality within a given context, aka the climate crisis, Mm -hmm. and that there are different peoples experiencing different um, uh, consequences and issues of the climate crisis, we need to give platform and give voice to those different groups um, in an equitable way, as you said, but with recognising that while we may be able to speak to the crisis in one space, from our experience. We also have to recognize that in other places, in other spaces, there are other people who can Mm -hmm. speak to that and who can offer better solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, I would not be an appropriate person to speak on um, women's rights because I do not identify as a woman. And Mm -hmm. um, however, in the context where we're talking about queer rights, I would definitely be a great person to speak about that. Um, So it's about that positionality and understanding who should be platformed, who should be um, centred in a conversation. And I think in the climate crisis, um, takatāpui, and you've talked about this before, um, takatāpui have an embedded ingrained resilience um, and a a creativity, a survival, an ability to survive and to thrive and to um, dream of a future from a place of um, oppression. Um, And so it's really difficult to come up with solutions to an issue as huge as the climate crisis without including perspectives of people from those marginalized groups. And I think the margins, and um, if you haven't listened to the Nuku podcast, everyone that's listening now get on Nuku, but um, there was a really cool episode I was listening to um, with Jenny Lee Morgan and she talked about the margins being a really good, actually a special place to be, because in the margins we can dream and we can create, and we can create solutions. And I think with the climate crisis, that's what we need to recognise, is that often actually people in the margins have the solutions. We just need to fund them, (laughs) we need Mm -hmm. to platform them, we need to give them the microphone, and we actually need to pay um, attention and respond accordingly to those solutions, and not Mm -hmm. just listen to deaf ear. Mm
2: that's right, and to to value them and their stories. And um, yes, like as we move into an era of climate disruption, it's not like, it's like is ignoring that there are already impacts of climate crisis and they will get worse and they will be inevitable. Like that's the situation that we have allowed uh, allowed ourselves to be in, but talking about people who experience life and live life with limitation, as we will in in an era of climate disruption, it is, Takatapui people who know how to, even though it's not the future or a present that they want to live in, they still live in it whilst observing life when the, its possibilities and its joys and its pleasures, even though there is that um, oppression and that limitation and that loss and that grief that they also have to experience, mm. which is parallel to um, what everyone will eventually experience with the climate crisis.
1: Totally. and I think that um, you spoke about it just before as well and that um, there are communities who are disproportionately experiencing the climate crisis right now who are not the people who have created the climate crisis but so there's a sense of urgency um, or, or just it's not even urgency it's just that it's right in front the water is lapping at the doorstep of these people and while the rest of the world who are creating these issues are comfortably sitting in their homes you know mm-hmm. and so obviously the people who are disproportionately affected by the climate crisis people who are in colonized nations indigenous people people who are homeless people who are living on the margins of society people who don't have access to healthcare, to education those people are the ones who are already experiencing and have long time the consequences of our inaction and our destruction of the taiao of the environment and so um i think often i feel a little bit agitated by the saying that um you know um these people have these solutions we should listen to them and it's like well actually many groups are forced to have the solutions because we're dealing with it already. And I can't sorry, I shouldn't have even said we, because obviously I live in extreme privilege. But there are communities who are already um, dealing with these crises and we can only just um, watch it on the news and, and imagine it. Um, so, yeah, we need to, I think, start to take seriously the voices and perspectives of those people um, instead of just tokenistically list, um, using it as a... Um, campaign to uh, awaken the conscience of the comfortable West um, and instead act on the suggestions of those people who have experienced it, those people who have lived in resilience and are having to survive in those conditions. So part of um, that journey to um, self-determination that we talked about before, you know, there's the different layers of it are like survival um, recovery, development, but also what's really really important is dreaming um part of the decolonization process and also i think part of the the climate crisis and climate justice is about dreaming about potential futures and and conceiving of the possibilities um the endless possibilities and and to do that we have to gain other perspectives we can't just have the same script we can't just have the same songbook um over and over again and so um, Governments and societies at large have been trying to deal with an issue from a linear perspective, from a singular point of view, and so by bringing in and um, amplifying and centering the experiences of people who have otherwise been marginalised, will, will will be the solution.
2: Mm-hmm. There's there's um there's a someone's social theory of justice is. Um redistribution, recognition and another R word, but it's that idea of, it's not just about um, inviting them to the table within the system that you currently operate that harms them, it's actually, or just shallow economic distribution that fails to actually challenge and critique the economic models that are based on um, fossil fuel production and resource intensive systems of production as well. And it's actually about reconfiguring society to, um, yeah, to, I and I just, it's a shame. It's like, we can dream bigger. We can do better than this. And um, I also like, to just want to total to your you, um, the comfortable West. Like if you haven't experienced the climate crisis yet, it's because you are in a space of privilege. And the, the idea that we continue to view this issue as if it is a future issue and not even a past issue um, speaks to the privilege that, We have and the blindness to what's actually causing it um but Uh, i want to leave oh yeah no you go please
1: yeah i think that um i mean the whakatauki is obviously um moving to the future um looking to the past and uh i think that we have to look at our ancestral knowledge in order to be able to dream of a better future um we have so much um, whakaaro, we have so much mātauranga in our histories that will allow us to um, survive, to reclaim, to um, dream and to develop in a future that is decolonized, that is sovereign, that is self-determining and um, that allows all people to be free. I think that um, one thing I just wanted to touch on in terms of takatāpui and um, experiences uh, disproportionate experiences of the climate crisis, and um, I know you've written about this, Hannah, as well, is I mean, the stats are there anyone can explore them around homelessness around access to healthcare, access to education um, but none of that actually matters um, unless we are able to um, self-determine in, in a way that is tangible um but is also um, greater than what is physical. So it's land back, but it's also wairua. It's also mana. And it's also um, our taonga that are non-physical and non-tangible, right? And so when we can live and thrive as takatapui, when we can live and thrive as Māori, then we can also create solutions to these crises alongside um, non-Māori, non-takatapui. But so um, I say alongside, but also we need to give the reins to people who have solutions as well, instead of always um, asking for solutions and often um, at the expense of those who are being asked um, and with a lack of re- remuneration as well. So it's about the equitable, um, the, the equitable distribution of uh, platform, voice, um, and resources.
2: It's within the climate crisis as well the, the just the fact that Māori, that takatāpui, have to continue to make to continue to take the labour to make their presence known to say hey look at these look at these stats and this isn't partnership mm-hmm. um, speaks to the fact that um, we aren't there yet but the future can look where we allow people to live um, as themselves and those sorts of things. I'm, I'm just aware of the time and okay. if you have anything, but um, I just wondered if maybe oh, the questions I've been asking the other um, kai kōrero to finish has been, um, what is the future you hope to see for yourself, your friends, Fano, and the takatāpui community?
1: Well, we're just talking about dreams, right?
2: Yeah. I um, thought it lead nicely, but...
1: Uh, uh, I've said it probably four times now um i guess a dream for the future is one that is self-determining it's one that is land back it's one where we can be free um to express and identify as ourselves truly without fear of harm without fear of our identities being Denounced, uh, and it's also a world where uh, we can uh, celebrate takatāpui as Māori within a Māori community that is decolonised, but also Aotearoa that is decolonised for the benefit of all people, not just Māori. Kia ora, Kia ora. Um,
2: is, is there anything else you feel we haven't discussed that you'd like to talk about, or
1: there's so much more we could say. Hey, eh? uh, yeah. let's do that on Instagram Live. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like um I feel like this is just an extension of the Wananga that we had, but I could have that wananga for, for ages, you know. So um
1: I do yeah, want to I do want to say Aruhamai, um, that obviously I can only speak to my lived experience and my understanding. I'm on a hairinga myself and my Aho. Um but if you are interested, anyone that's listening, um, to learn more about Tikatapuitanga, please reach out to me. I have a huge resource list bibliography of amazing, um, creative, inspirational takatāpui people um, who you can follow, read, um, listen to. I mean, Instagram is full of amazing takatāpui people. Um, i often posting their incredible mahi toi, so just watch out for that. Um, and also um, speak to your communities and your whānau and um, maybe talk about takatāpui tanga Takatapui, and just um, I think normalise that kōrero, um, and um, bring it to the forefront of our minds, and um, support those who are on that journey as well. Right.
2: It's been such a, a wonderful kōrero venue, you're so uh, intelligent and wise, and it's been really, no, it's genuinely, and it's been really nice to um, hold this space with you, and to have this really important um, kōrero, and um, maybe it'd be good to if share those resources through the climate action hub as well um if you know we can work something out like that but yeah once again ngā mihi nui ki a koe, uh, thank you for everything you've given us today
1: thank all, everyone thank you for having me and for this quarter i've really appreciated it killed up
2: awesome well i'll just um finish with a closing karakia um kia tau ngā manakitanga ki runga i a tātou katoa kia marama ai ngā huarahi tihei mauri Mo- mora. Awesome. Kyo- God, everyone,
0: kakite. Kei te whakaronga mai, kua ki korero. You've been listening to a korero between our climate organiser Hannah Hagen and Benjamin Doyle who are discussing the concepts of being takatapui and its connection with Tatao. Goeko Wakato Environment Centre are a not-for-profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport and enterprise projects. You can find out more about our work on social media, Goeko Wakato by heading to our website goeko.org.nz or better yet, popping in to 188 Commerce Street, Frankton, Kirikiriroa. Join us again next week for a new episode, but make sure you follow or subscribe to He Pūna on your favourite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Kia pai to rā, e hoa mā.